You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. Very awesome episode. This is a collaborative episode. What? I got one of my awesome music crusaders here. Let me bring up the one, the only, JJ Kimuras. What's up, homie? How hey, you doing? Hey. Happy to be here. No, thanks for hanging out today because this is going to be a dope one. This is comics and music and what? What a combo, man. Talking to an extremely talented individual. Are you excited for this one? Hell yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so let, let, let's do it. I mean, homie does some dope Grindhouse style comics, but you may know him from doing some awesome music videos with some of the premier music artists in rock. I mean, my dude is killing it, and he's introducing some ill characters in this Grindhouse universe via Diabolic, all right? I mean, graphics, it's some dope stuff. Let me introduce the man behind this. He's a writer. He's a letterer. He, does, he wears multiple hats, folks. I hope he doesn't change his cap too many times on this one. But there's a lot to dig into. Let me introduce the one, the owner, Phil Mucci. What's going on, kiddo? How you doing? Thank you, brother. Uh, that was a great intro. I'm doing good. Well, but thanks for joining us and hanging out. I'm, I'm ready to have a blast with you because I know JJ and I both read uh, the PDFs of the, uh, them books, of the flip book. Wowzers. Oh, Total thanks. 70s, you know, late 60s, 70s, grindhouse, <laughs> like in your face. Loved it. I dug the hell out of it. Really up my alley, bro. So, Thanks, brother. Yo, so we got to get into it. Origin stories. Origin stories is what we got to start with. So my homie, tell me, where do you come from? And, and a bit about um, your journey in young life and, and uh, getting acclimated with your first taste of pop culture. Well, uh, I'm prepared for this question because I've watched <laughs> your show before, Mr. Mega, and uh, I'm honored to be here. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, my whole life I've been making stuff. It's like, I, that's one of the things that I just, you know, have always done. So, um, in uh, school, I, uh, you know, did a lot of art and about a lot of different types of sculpture and painting and things like that. And, um, and in college I studied some writing and photography. I became a photographer in New York city, right when like Photoshop was blowing up. And my all my influences were like anime and movies and uh, and comics and horror stuff. A Who lot got of you into stuff. this? Who got you into it? Who gave my, you that first taste of pop culture? Kind of my parents. Uh, my parents and my mother's sister. Uh, they. Titi, um, hey, a <laughs> I never hear about Titi getting a shout. That's awesome. <laughs> no, she she was amazing. She just passed away last year, but uh, oh, I'm so sorry. My aunt Trish, she was uh, she was way into pop culture. She's like, she's the one that turned me on to like Monty Python when I was a little kid. What? Wait, like, whoa, wait a minute. That's a cool titi. What? Totally. Monty. Totally. Yeah. She took me to Flash Gordon when it was in the bargain cinema. You know, that 80s awesome. uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, I fucking love that movie. I yeah, met him. I, mean. I met Flash at, in Boston. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too funny. Dude, yeah. I saw that documentary about him. It was like, it was interesting. It's kind of funny how like, I, when I was a kid, I don't know. I'm probably older than you guys, but uh, it was it was like that was on HBO all the time. That the that way. movie was always on. So I ended Wait, up. Do you seeing... mean on the antenna HBO? They used to put the antenna out the window. That's how HBO. That's how far back I go. When we had the antenna painting of the Empire State oh, Building, you, know, you got the signal yet? Plug, my plug. 
Hold on. <laughs> JJ, you never experienced that, JJ? You never experienced the HBO antenna you had to like no. place? No. No. When I we not. when we lived in the Catskills, we had an antenna we had to dial. It was on oh, a dial, God. and you had to like turn it to get the channel. <laughs> and I was just like, "These guys are so old." <laughs> I mean, that that just sounds awful. I don't know how you survived. It, 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 was, it was. It was. It was. Well, you had more imagination too. Like you did more things. You know, like you you played around a lot. That was when I lived in Olive Bridge, New York, which is like in the Catskills, and it's like mountainous kind of like isolated area. The bus ride was like horror movie. An hour each way. Yeah, like every day it was a two-hour commute to school so um there you had to dial it in and i would watch uh, like creature double feature out of new york city or chiller theater out of new york city oh my because it was in upstate new york and that oh was like kind of i got way into like all the old monster movies and all that kind of horror stuff and that that kind of just carried on into every little creative thing that i started doing you know like mm. from writing and uh doing artwork to um you know, directing later and doing photography. Like my first thing in New York was doing photography. I was a photo assistant hustling with like big advertising clients. And then I went on my own. And like I was saying, Photoshop was blowing up. So I got to actually try and do some of the crazy effects things. This is when Photoshop thought. was still a software, not something that a subscription. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was it was back then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you could you could or you could steal a copy. Yeah, yeah, back then, yeah. yeah. You have you you have the disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and that that just kind of carried on. I mean, that was the origin of it. And I mean, as a kid too, I loved the drive-ins because my parents were were way into movies, and they were still drive-ins when I was growing up. And we used to I used to love it because they would make us like work all day in the garden pulling rocks out or pulling and then they'd be like reward we're going to the dust till dawn drive-in we'd be like what holy shit you know me and my sister pile in the back of the car no one was hiding in the trunk okay. nobody was hiding in the trunk <laughs> that was later when i was a teenager and we were sneaking in with kegs of beer but you know oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days oh yeah the good old days well yeah. i did not hit my first drive-in until i was like 19 years old to be oh honest. wow! And that was in Long Island. That we, you know, that that's okay. Oh, that had one in, in the island. I didn't know. Oh, finally, we yeah. I got to go and experience that. I forgot what movie I watched, but I was also with a with with my future wife. So you know, was I really paying attention okay, to movies? So. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what drive-ins were for. I mean, that is population explosion of the baby boom, <laughs> largely <laughs> because of drive-ins. Um, because me and my sister would fall asleep because we'd be working in the fucking garden pulling weeds all day. Uh, it was on purpose. <laughs> they did it on purpose. Like, all right. Oh, yeah. We'll go to the drive-in. Reward. You get to stay up and watch movies. We'd be out after, like, the first movie, you know, like. So. You'd be like, just cover their faces now. We got to do it. So, I want to know also, what was the first musical influence? Like, what, you know, what was the first band you ever listened to that, okay, you're like, okay, I fell in love with this. Can I, I be, can I be totally honest? Get totally honest? Classical music from my dad. And soundtrack music. Yeah, classical. My first, remembering the first thing that I loved was Holst, the planets. Mars, the god of war. And you've heard it a million times in movie trailers your whole life. You probably don't even okay. know that you know it. If you don't know it right now, if I played it for you, you would know it. 
Um, so basically, I would sound like Ralph Cram then with the Swanee River when he said instead of uh, <laughs> well, it, it, it's not like I don't think classical music and like heavy metal and hard rock are very different, honestly. I think there's a lot of similarities. A lot of cool uh, classical music has like riffs, just like guitar riffs and metal, you know, like uh, and Holst the Planets is this and it's like that's a metal riff i'm sorry and now like when i was a kid i was like that's awesome that sounds like a bunch of spaceships attacking a planet and destroying everything you know like Not i got all doomed out you know <laughs> no it's like it was like anime to me it was like when you watch super friends as a kid and you always wish the legion of doom would their evil plan would happen yeah me like, too oh you come on yo. they gotta win at least once because <laughs> their plan sounded so evil and fucked up you're like oh my god that would be great you know like <laughs> let's see the super friends beat that you know um but no uh but it sounded like that to me in my head or like star wars in my head like the empire you know like because uh star wars was that was a movie I saw when I was really young and it, in the theater. And my parents took me to see it like 11 times in the theater because I loved it so much. Yeah. You know, I was like, six oh, you, you must old. have been a good boy doing your chores. <laughs> I, I was a smart little kiss ass. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, JJ. I, I'm hogging, I'm hogging Phil up here, man. He got the stories. <laughs> Well, I'm curious how you broke into the uh, like the music video scene as far as like the, the music scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've done videos for Metallica, Opeth, Corn, Disturbed. I mean, you're you're up there. Mm. Thank you. Um, well, it just was the music industry. Um, it used to be that you could go from doing a lot of photography for labels; they would give you a lot of uh, you know credit for that, and and you could kind of work your way up to video if you could shoot stuff. And you could show them a few things. And I made a short film that did really well. My first short film. I had money back then. A lot more than I did now, honestly. And, and I put it into making this like uh, short film that was a really artsy uh, black and white horror thing called uh, The Listening Dead. And that did really well. And it was I could just show that to a label that I had already worked with. And they'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, you're doing that now? Okay. You know, and uh, it wasn't like they just handed me a video, though. Like uh, what a lot of people don't know is it's a even doing music videos now is super competitive in the budgets are nothing like you basically spend money to make videos for people most of the time. Um, if you're trying to do a, cer a certain level of work, um, but you have to write dozens of videos before you ever get one to, you know a band mm. to kind of like trust you to do it uh it took i wrote i think 45 videos treatments what? before wow. i even got one yeah yeah and the, and the reason i got the one i got was because i had already photographed the band it was hailstorm on their first album now grammy award-winning mm. hailstorm i shot awesome. their album artwork for their first album and we got along great you know, we were just like, <laughs> man, man, this is be good people. You see good energy. It was really just not being an asshole pretty much got me the gig because, you know, Lizzie wanted to work with me again. So that was like, oh. done. 
You know, how did you feel, I, though? It was fun. How did um, you feel when they asked you to come back again? Like, yo, we want to work with you more. What was that feeling like? Oh, it felt great. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you you hope that you connect with people. And if you like people, definitely like, oh, we could work on something together and both make money and get rewarded from this. That's mm. the best job in the world, you know? Like, and, oh, and yeah. it's and it's like, I knew they were talented and I knew they were driven, you know? Like, I'm not, a, they're not, their music's not my music, but it doesn't matter because I like them as people. And as artists, they respected me and they're like, oh, we love your idea. What do you want us to do? You know, okay. like, and that that's like a real collaboration. That's what you, that's what you kind of always want. And music and labels kind of want that too, like, now it's a, a lot more controlled because there's so little money and they want to just like, we need this, we need this, we All need this. All of a sudden, there's so little money. All of a sudden, right? Because mm -hmm. iPhones came out. Oh, no, we don't have enough for a red camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's incredible. I mean, I, I've seen it all happen. And one of the reasons um, I wanted to branch out and do other things was because, you know, you, you, do, you put a lot of creative heart and ideas into these uh, projects, especially music videos I was doing uh, or I have been doing are very narrative, especially now. They're, they're all kind of like stories. And um, you don't, at the end of the day, you kind of invest yourself and some of your time and money, you know, a lot of your time and some of your money sometimes into them. And you don't own any of the rights to it. And, and it's kind of sad to like, you try to post a clip from a video you wrote and directed and it gets copyright flagged, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh wait, come on. Um, so, you know, it, that, that's, that's probably, I probably shouldn't even say that. I, I bet uh, my, my company yeah, no. partners will be like, why did you say <laughs> <What>? that dude? <laughs> well, yeah, that's crazy. I've never even thought about that, how it wouldn't even be, you know, yours after it's, after it's uploaded too. No, it's a funny thing. I, I don't, it's, it's just weird. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I love doing the music stuff because music is great. It's half of a movie. Like you can actually tell so much of a story with music, you know, and Absolutely. music is what I listen to when I'm writing my own stories. You know, Ooh, what because... did you get into when you, are you still on the symphony stuff when you write? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. It depends on what, like, I, I think music is like how we program our moods and how we program you our head, on. our headspace. you know, like, where do we want to go right now? So if I'm writing a horror thing, I'm listening to like a lot of doom, a lot of electric wizard, a lot of like weird, like, you know, dark metal stuff. Uh, Mephistopheles is another one that I like to, they sound like electric wizard though, but, uh, um, and I'll listen to some soundtrack soundtrack stuff. I'll listen to electronic. If I'm doing like an eighties throwback story, I wrote a screenplay called season of the bitch about a badass bitch and her, <laughs> and her man man-eating dog uh crossing the country in a totally armored rv it's total like you know trashy drive-in violent uh screenplay and i would just listen to like john carpenter music and electronic music the whole time you know that is um, total grindhouse what you just said though. <laughs> that's grindhouse to the damn core son that might be oh. actually our next comic if we do okay with these because that that we want to really do if you do okay stop teasing <laughs> wait till i show the trailer folks you guys are gonna be like oh snap oh we're gonna get this like right now all right so you know what
let me start teasing. You know, because we got we got three and we have time. All right, so check it out. <laughs> I, I can talk hit... forever too, man. Well, don't you worry, yo. We got, <laughs> we got it. We got it here. The first one I, I I'm gonna introduce to you guys is Phil's paranormal playboy, Dario <laughs> Bava. So let's get to meet Dario. The greatest failure of Western religion is in regards to the nature of evil. How dope is that? How gangster is that, folks? That's gangster. You know what amused me about that particular story, too? Because, you know, we're going to talk about that book with the orgy. I mean, I know my boy, shout out to Johnny Hughes. When, when I saw the nun in the fish now, <laughs> I mean, out of this whole crew, it's just it's like my eyes zoomed. Like, oh, what the hell? I'm like, oh, man, am I turning into Johnny Hughes now? <laughs> you love fishnets. Don't ask. <laughs> So talk to me, man. Here you are stepping yourself into creating comics. I mean, you're not just a writer. You wear multiple hats, you know, within these books. So, you know, a salute and a kudos to you. Oh, thanks, talk thanks. about the first time you, you, you took the steps to actually create, you know, a comic to put out there in the world. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I really enjoy these parts of your conversations with other uh, creators because this, it was interesting. The process was very interesting. It was very different from what I was used to, too. Like, I wrote the scripts for um, Orgy of the Blood Freaks as kind of a uh, animated series. We were going to take the music video style, which you saw in that video you just saw, um, that teaser that you just watched. Um, we were like, let's take that style and let's own that so that we can't, you know, like, uh, you know, like it's our own project and we can share it and we can do what we want with it. And um, it took a lot of work. And after it was done, we had this body of artwork. You know, you have photography, you have actors, you have all these people involved. We were like, this is all ready to go. Like, why don't we just, you know, expand on this? 
and I, you know, I started writing a different thing, which was going to be a anthology of like horror stories that would introduce these characters, you know, um, orgy of the blood freaks, a version of it was already written, but I was going to like, let's make a graphic oh, novel that introduces some of these backstories oh, because great I, idea. I had backstories of all the characters and I was like, but how do we set it up? And I was like, well, we'll set it up. Like it, it's the ending of orgy of the blood freaks. But now these two characters are talking about the rest of the team, and that's going to give us an excuse to get into these origin stories and tell them all in this book. And when I wrote it, it was really long, and I had no idea how to work with comic book artists, and I made a ton of mistakes. I'm just going <laughs> to say that right what, now. I was, what, is, what is the worst one you made? You know, j Just for lesson's sake. <laughs> I, don't start with an 80-page book. Ever, ever, wow. yeah, never. You don't start with ninety-five percent of the artists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you, you also, it's just a stupid idea, and it's impossible. Once you, once you've done it a few times, now I have, so now I know. Um, but that you're, you're just asking for trouble. It's a pain in the ass. It's too long. You overwrote it, obviously, because no book, honestly, and story pages doesn't need to be that long. Keep people interested. 60 is good. 64 if you're doing a graphic novel. Yeah, you can go longer later in your trade paperback version, you know, where you pile everything on. But individual stories should be like, you know, 28 to 32, I think, to just get people in. You know, um, I don't like a lot of modern stories that are very, it's very thin for 28 page or 24 pages it's very thin not much happens oh yeah but, i don't know but they but that's oversized just oversized panels and all that that kind of like okay like you're truncating the story to progress it but at the same time i'm not getting banked from my book exactly. and that's the total opposite of what you do because you gave me an old school feel to the comics where multiple panels a lot of word bubbles you know what you cannot yeah. read this book it's not a five-minute read, folks, like modern comics. No. This, you know, like most modern comics. There's a good read. You're going to sit down there. You're going to eat it up. Thanks, man. I hope so. Um, the uh, Yeah, that well, that's what I wanted to do. Well, Murder Vibes, the, the back to the mistakes. Let's start with the mistakes. We'll move on. But uh, the mistakes were were vast and many. And and you don't, you don't want to dump that onto an artist. And then if it's your first book as a writer and creator, you also don't want to micromanage that artist when you give them an impossible task, you know, um, which was a mistake I made coming from a director, a photographer, a guy who's mm -hmm. technical. And I'm like, my frame is like this and I want this here and that there. And, you know, like I'm doing storytelling in the frames that I want, you know, but I'm dictating to an artist who's actually the director, the director of photography, the designer, the, you yeah. know, like there's so much that the All artist you do is, brings. Is, this is what it should look like. Do your best. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, I, I thumbnail now. Like I, I learned with Mike, Mike Dubish is the, you know, he's the godsend of professor Dario Baba. So salute right there. Big yeah, Mike. I love Mike Dubish. He, he was a guy who has this old school style and he doesn't use a computer at all. And, he, and it's all pencils and inks. So when you ask him for a change, you're fucking putting a gun to his head and you're like, change this shit for me. He's like, I don't do Photoshop, man. That's a hard change. Wow. So you have to also, wow. you have to understand like the artist and like yeah. he and I, 
it was rough at first, and he would agree. I'm not saying anything that he would <laughs> he would not agree with. Um, but we developed a relationship because I would just supply thumbnails and thumbnails, and then reference documents and reference documents where I would take from my world because Mike is very comics. He's EC comics. I'm more oh. war. Warren comics like the 70s yeah. and, and movies. And he's like, I can't watch horror movies. I don't even like horror movies. We have to hang out sometime and watch horror movies together so you right. can show me the good ones. And I'm like, yeah, they're mostly yeah. shit, but the good ones are really good. Oh, yeah. And then I want to just drop you into your chair so you don't move, you know. Yeah, I was like, we're going to start on the you. You might even want to get a bathroom break. You know? <laughs> no, I got, I got some good ones for him. But it, it didn't matter because what Mike brought to it, I realized as we went into the process, uh, not so much. The first one was hard. I'm not going to lie. And and But as the pages come in, you see, like, if you just let him go, he's going to make the world work. Because in the world of Professor Dario Bava, every grindhouse B-movie you ever saw all exists in the same world. Like, there are ghosts. There are exorcisms. There are Italian knockoffs yeah. of exorcisms. Yeah. There, and Danny there, Trejo, you know, trying to kill your ass. You know, hey, that's my yeah, there's, yeah, there's bikers. There's nuns. There's, you know... There's time travelers, there's sci-fi, there's werewolves, there's What's monsters. What's up with you know? nuns in Grindhouse, too? And, and I mean, most of these ladies are really crazy. I know. I, I, up, I, I think it's the nun, the nunsploitation thing. Like, nunsploitation. <laughs> yeah, that's a subgenre. It's a legitimate subgenre. I'm an I've academic. I know. Really? Nunsploitation. Yeah. Nunsploitation, yeah. That Polver just sounds like, like a tab on some... Browser internet search. I don't want to think Would about. you click it, JJ? Non exploitation. Hold on. <laughs> it's, your new, it's your new favorite hashtag. It is. Uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven, who made Robocop, now in his 70s, just did a non exploitation film that people are being like, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, a, it, it's usually nuns repressed with like deviant sexual fantasies and violence and lots of lesbian sex between nuns that's <laughs> nuns play. somebody always burns at the stake at the end too pretty much um, hey you know hey, that's what happens yeah. when you defy the love of god i don't know yeah. what <laughs> 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 and they all came out of like italy spain Mex mexico had a good one too uh the uh Wow. Satanica Pandemonium. The name that name comes from a Mexican nunsploitation film that is excellent. I mean, it's you know Spanish. Weird. No, I don't. I don't speak Spanish. Uh, you had subtitles, didn't you? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Oh, oh, you were trying to tell a novella. You just made your own lines up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's pretty self-explanatory. The movie is like, I mean, most nunsploitation is just an excuse to like, oh, it's Catholics. Uh, you know, getting naked and doing the wrong thing. It's it's, it's <laughs> very basic exploitation. And like Catholics don't get naked. That's just horrible <laughs> things for you to do. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of the world of Professor Dario Bava too. He was a Vatican exorcist, but he uh, he has a revelation in Murder Vibes. He he uh, the book uh, that prequels kind of this one. Although Orgy of the Blood Freaks works without. Murder vibes. By the way, this is the Professor Dario Baba. No, you figure. don't. Wait a minute. Oh Stop my God. Stop what are you talking about, me? What the oh, hell? Look at that, bro. <laughs> yeah, and, and I see he had, oh your, he had your OG stash. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, oh, he does. 
Oh man, when, when did you get that done? That's yeah. fire. This is uh, by my uh, buddy uh, and business partner, Ian Mackey, who played Professor Dario Bava in the heavy metal music video for Huntress Sorrow. Word? And, yeah. Oh. He, he's how the figure is character, you know, characterized. He's, he's basically him. Mike uses all the photos of Ian as Professor Dario Bava as a reference. Um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask that because he seems like a very like real person. Like I feel like this guy's gotta exist in, in, in your world. <laughs> he does. Hey, it's he like does. this guy so, yeah. exists in the back of my hood somewhere, yo. What's going on? <laughs> no, he's he's very real. I mean, to me, he's also like he represents kind of like I grew up um in a like my father's family is Italian immigrants. Uh my father was the first one to ever get a college education. Uh you were talking about your daughter um, yeah. and like I was the first grandson to the grandchild to get a college yeah, yeah, Congrats, so, Swift. I love that. You see? Um, yeah. Family's rising, kiddo. <laughs> and, but I, I grew up in this like real, like, like my father's family was very much my family. It was a lot of Italian patriarchy, a lot of like. And good food. Yeah, oh, the best food. I'm yeah. I'm an awesome cook now, thanks yeah. to my hey, 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 Yeah, maybe Puerto Rican, <laughs> but don't you dare put me in front of some Italian food. Oh my <laughs> god, yo, don't do that. That's dangerous. <laughs> no, it's the best. It's the best. Yo, and it. you mentioned heavy metal. I just want to show this real quick because yo, you you got some dope stuff going. You know, they, they covered. You know. Heavy metal, we taking care of us, so I'm gonna take care of heavy metal too. Shout out to heavy metal, but the danger PPD or Professor Dario, I love it. I want to be fucking around, but you also do like the these commercials. And this these are like my favorite crazy stuff. So go ahead, JJ, because I know you had questions here on this. You're like, homie's crazy. Not so much questions, just like. Just statements of how how hilarious it is. Awesome. Oh, thank you. No, I mean it, it's kind of fun to have like have done so many different things because now I have all these like crazy skill sets, so I can make demented shit about anything <laughs> I want. You know, like I can make a comic book and then make a fucked up video about it, or like that teaser is a music video. Calibro Thirty Five is an Italian funk band. They wrote that Professor Dario Baba theme for us. That's an original oh, track. That's in that awesome. teaser, yeah. You look, cool if you look up Calibro 35, you'll see they play with everybody. Jay-Z samples them. They're like, uh, you know, the Italian funk uh, band of the day right now, if that matters. But um, they're awesome. We love their music. They oh. gave us their entire discography. They're like, here, check out everything what? for you guys. Yeah, tell us what you want us to do. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, to be able to work with people like that is is like amazing. And it's, I think it's kind of because of the music video stuff like they they take you seriously like if i was if i didn't have that i don't know that that would happen but nah but you're awesome it would happen you, you bring good vibes and i just want to say this sounds so effing hilarious frosting freaks kami coloring communes <laughs> what the hell what? what is this i mean like yo, what madness where, where does your brain go kiddo holy well, smokes we were thinking it was during lockdown that that whole oh, lockdown thing. yeah it's everybody crazy yeah we, <laughs> we, we did this coloring book uh over lockdown Ooh. uh with all our artists because we're like we don't have time we got to promote our book because our book that i was telling you about the first one came out right as lockdown began we got the books oh, from oh, the what printer timing. 
a thousand books like at the end of February. By March 15th, everything was closed in LA, California. Oh. So we were like, shit, what do How we do? You feel? How did you feel, you know, being in that situation? I felt mostly for my mom and my family and stuff. And I wasn't so. You were taking up this storage, huh? <laughs> I was just like, I got a thousand books and boxes in here right now, you know, in my apartment. Um, and we just started like slugging at. You know, it's like, well, here's the problem. Let's start working with it. You know, everybody's going to be mail order, you know. Oh, the government's giving people money. Like, maybe they'll buy some of our goddamn books, you know. Hey, Uncle Sam. <laughs> hey, you want some books? <laughs> uh, and it, it kind of worked. We were able to raise money for the coloring book on the, on the you know, the pretense was you get us this much money. We're going to double the fees to all of our artists who are also struggling right now. And I didn't have to color the book because it's a coloring book. <laughs> so really the, the production was just me writing the panels and getting all the pages in and cleaning them up. And then just making sure it progressed. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was a way to also keep promoting the professor Dario Bava idea, etc. So um, we, we do care about the people we work with a lot because it's, it's tough all around. And especially for artists, I think it's, you know, the system kind of forgets artists a little bit in the biggest kind of. of, I think yeah. that they forget artists and creators of all kinds uh, constantly, because again, you know, this is the future of entrepreneurship, right? Really? Yeah. I mean, this is the, the future of content, you know, in video form and they ignore us in, in, in such ways, yeah. you know, that I think is totally unfair. We provide value to people we bring entertainment we bring exactly. knowledge you know we, we bring you know motivation and and, and and steps you know don't don't overwhelm your artists with 80 pages type stuff come on you know yeah no that was that was a really good lesson and i learned it on the doing this book the coloring book Love professor it. dario baba's occult activity book parentheses and spirit board exclamation point oh <laughs> um, you had to actually destroy the book to use the spirit board that the cover was made of oh so you're basically <laughs> telling me i gotta buy two books you slick, exactly you slick one you <laughs> well that was the whole theme double you gotta buy two books and we pay the artist twice as much you know that was the whole oh. thing it was ah. double double or nothing Dope. you know All but right. uh, but that's when we made that video frosting freaks it was like we can't shoot anything right now, so we bought a bunch of stock footage, and then we would take it into After Effects, and I would put our artwork into it all over the place, and then we would redub it, um, and we would re we would change all the signs in it to like reflect our How world. How long does something like that take, bro? Because it's it's it's, 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 it's beautiful work. It was locked. It was locked down. We had all the time in the world. It took all that time. <laughs> Where am I going? Is, is the answer. <laughs> It took the pandemic. <laughs> yo, all right. Before we move on, I want to get in because you know, come on, yo. We've been talking. He mentioned it already. You know the orgy of the the blood feed of the other with Dario Bawa. Um, let's check yes. out this one because I, you know after this we're gonna get into some other person. And I don't know question and I, uh, JJ and I have some questions because <laughs> how do we know for sure about something? So we're gonna ask about that. <laughs> but uh -oh. let's, yeah. But let's show off some Dario Bawa. In the crypts of a ruined abbey, it has been awakened. An ancient 
and horny. Orgy of the Blood Freaks. <laughs> oh my god, Agent and Horny. Goddamn, bro. That means I'll probably be dead in one second. And that cracks is over. Bro, you got that like total 70s horror vibe with that cover painted and all. So it was gorgeous, cool. right? Emmanuel Taglietti. Yeah, he's a legend. And Taglietti. he's an awesome dude. Yeah, he's You gotta say it Italian, but Taglietti. Emmanuel Taglietti. Yeah. So, so Jay, yeah, Jay, I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. That um, she was originally painted nude. The the main girl on the cover yeah. but was censored. Were you were you expecting that censorship to to come through, or is that a surprise for you? I'll be honest with you guys and your incredible audience. Um, we blamed it on the man, but it's really social media. It's really America that yeah. forced <laughs> America, us. Yeah. We, he delivered it to us like that, yeah. and we were like. Hell yeah, but we can't do anything with that image yeah, yeah, online yeah. because if you put it into any promotion, you'll get flagged. If yeah, yeah, I mean, if Danny Jackson website, can't get away with a nipple, neither can the comic people. Well, especially if you're paying for advertising. You can get away with it mm. casually on social media, but we have to advertise. Um, we, we're trying to do less and less of that and trying to do more in-person stuff you got some google rules i hear but but over covid we have you have to advertise online and, yeah. and if 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 they even if your site has that image on it they can stop you from like advertising it's Ow. yeah it's lame it it's sucks. so crazy why why is america so afraid of the female form you know what i mean America's Every afraid woman has that. of There's sex and women. America's terrified Apparently. of sex and women. <laughs> well, women, we're gonna try to like make women like slaves again, and nah, nah. you know, it's yeah. Well, whatever, that. whatever happened to that free the nipple movement? Is that still happening? I feel like it should be. <laughs> Yo, a, that's that's the only hashtag right there. I'm a founding awesome. member. Yeah, exactly. Founding member. I mean, Whoa. we've all got two of them. Come on. <laughs> uh, why can't we see them? It's but wait a minute. No, we could see male nipple, but we can't see female nipple. <laughs> I know, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, you got to free the nipple for real. Get it done. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. But yeah, so what's what's popping, man? Uh, how how many stories do we have before we move on to the next loco? Um, um, how many stories we have for Dario? Well, Orgy of the Blood Freaks is going to be three books. Um, awesome. All 40 is... pages? Because, folks, they're 40 pages, but then he also has a flip book, which we're going to get into. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, he's, he's a geek king over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're going to – probably the second one's going to be the longest, but um, it's not finished being written right now. Um, we had, we've had a lot of, like – it's been a shitty time. Sorry to keep uh, swearing, but um, no, no, you swear. This is an adult show. You know, kids okay, shouldn't cool. be listening to this anyway, unless they have money and want to buy these comics on the website. <laughs> you know, yeah, you gotta yeah, have really cool comics. parents if they're gonna let you read Professor. Dario a cool titi like you had, you know, letting you exactly. watch Monty Python. Exactly. You know, when you we were yeah. young. <laughs> um, no, this this is a this is a full length story. This is why when you read the first one, you it's like a lot of like things get thrown up in the air, and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen next? That's all deliberately like set up to like pay off as we go along. And I have a I have another one that I want to do after this, uh, biker cult of the Nazi werewolves, but I don't know yet if we'll if we'll get to do that. I'm down we'll for see. that. Yeah, that one's gonna be fun because it's gonna be more of the it, it's it gets set up in this story actually. So I, I kind of want to go there. Oh. It, 
Oh. All, a lot of the Professor Dario Baba stuff is very rich. Like the idea, one of the main ideas that Professor Dario Baba has is that evil is not some supernatural or, you know, a Christian idea of evil. Evil is a human force and it comes from humans inflicting suffering and pain on others. Is it also fear on others? Isn't so, evil also up to the person to define what is evil and what is good? So there's also personal definition. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I disagree. I think there is a certain, you know, murdering children is evil. If you don't think that's evil, if you think murdering children is good, then you have a well. In a movie, you're, maybe like Rambo. Evil. No, like, <laughs> like Rambo. When I when I saw that ramp, the last Rambo, when he threw that, when the, the soldiers were throwing kids into the fire, I got excited because I'm like, oh my god, they're killing children. I've never seen this before. <laughs> Call me well, a sicko, but sometimes not that I'm evil, but it's like, okay, you know what? Because again, equal rights for everybody in movies. Everybody needs to die equally. It shouldn't just be dudes dying. And everybody. Needs I, <laughs> I I agree with that, but the reason that you saw that image was to say that the people who threw the kids in the fire are evil. But that's evil. all. Are, that's that's why that image is in there. You I don't mean, do. It I may to be say evil like, because I laughed at that scene, and my wife looked at me. Oh, you're so fucked up. I said, No, no, it's because I've never seen that before. <laughs> we, not, not because of anything. <laughs> well. Spoiler alert, plenty of kids die in Professor Dario Baba. <laughs> oh my god. Hey. But for evil reasons. Right but um <laughs> no, it's it's fun. It's it's about like kind of like we have to reckon with, you know, the thing evil that's let to sit and lie will fester over time and if if we don't deal with it, monsters will be born and that's okay. kind of like the theme of Professor Dario Baba. So each story we learn about the past of our heroes and we learn about the past of our monsters because yeah. as a kid, I identified a lot with monsters, you know, like, especially in puberty, I identified a lot with monsters. Hey, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one there because there's a lady here and I don't want to yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, that's why. So let me ask the next question because I already knew that I, I had the potential to ask something very dangerous and I will not. Uh, <laughs> Don't you worry. I'm gonna have to do a comic crusaders after dark with you. Let me tell you. Have to do that one. Yeah, we gotta do that. But yeah, I I want to start moving on to okay. the next story too because uh that one I dug and I know that before you came on, JJ and I were discussing about the look. Like, are we sure? So let me introduce this other character that homie got out as part of that double feature, which we're gonna get into. It's called Gringo Loco. Wepa! Check out yeah, the bad boy. I love yo. that teaser. <laughs> yo, I love that music. Holy <laughs> smokes, yo. So I'll let Lady go first here. Who do you think Gringo Loco kind of reminds you of? Oh, definitely uh, Eddie from uh, Iron Maiden. The uh, Derek, Derek oh, wow, yeah. creation, yeah. And then my thing was, since he's the king, how are we sure he's a gringo? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Are we gonna get into that? Is Gringo Ness at any point in time? I mean, what's popping? It, tell us who the hell is Gringo Loco? Well, Gringo Loco is—he's uh, a man of mystery. We don't know who he is. I mean, that's kind of the fun of that story. Is that we—I wrote an entire story about Gringo Loco and how he became what he is, oh, and we didn't make that book we we kind of took that we're like okay that's the backstory and we just kind of put it aside and i thought of this situation like when when what if we saw him three months later and his life is a mess and they're about to try to kill him again and again. that's that that's how i came up with the idea of that whole uh the scenario wait a minute so book. we're gonna find so wait a minute that what you just said, so he dies like multiple times, they just can't kill homie. Is that what's popping? But I love how you said, um, immune to lead poisoning, and then you see the he's just getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that that's that kind of lets you know, like, this is that's kind of the guy. He's immune to hanging, he's immune to lead poisoning, but he's sick of it all, and he's like a pissed off like character. He to me, he's like my my um the monster that I have always wanted to kind of do. I've had oh. ideas about Gringo Loco for 10 years now. Um, it went from a Western uh, to like a sci-fi border thriller like Sicario to back oh, to a West, back to a Yo, Western. Yo, wait a minute. Um, if you could see do a, a Gringo Loco in a Sicario style, that would be really loco. Well, it was a, it was like a sci-fi Sicario style. It was part oh, of like a, a future U.S. where you know the wall has been built. The most of the oh. the United States is a homie made prison. it happen apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, I kind of wanted to go back because because Professor Dario Baba is such a big broad world and it's a lot of work for both so, me and the artist. Wait a minute, do. so Gringo wanted, Loco exists within the world of Dario? Dario? He, he kind of does. He, oh. there's a poster on a wall, on a page in uh, Murder Vibes from the Monster Dimension, the first Professor Dario Baba graphic novel, and it's a poster on a wall. It's Gringo Loco, and it has the you know killing him oh. was their first mistake, and it was a movie that uh, this actress who got possessed by some you know spirit creature uh, was cast to play against uh, the actor Kurt Reynolds in. Um, and it was uh, it was on the wall, and it was because I already had the idea for the story. At that point, it was back to a western, and I knew it was going to be called Gringo Loco, and uh, we wanted to tease it. And then we just decided, you know, like the idea is so cool. Why don't we just do that book too? Like, because we can hire a different artist, so we can actually release like a a big book, an eighty page book, because we're doing different stories. We got one artist on one, we got one artist on the other, and then why don't we make it a flip book? We can have two covers, you know? Ooh. We'll have an artist do a cover for Orgy the Blood Freaks, and then a different artist do a cover for, because if you do it that way, the timing works out. Like, I can color up to artwork, you know, um, and do the layouts all, so... It was just a matter Wait a of minute. like... So you do writing, you have letters, two teams coloring, doing it. and layout? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't do the custom lettering. Like the custom okay. lettering, we work with um, Lydia Roberts, who's an artist in New York. Um, Lydia, wepa. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, she just had, she got her, uh, she just did two two comic books on her own too. 
um, where she did all all the art and all the lettering. Uh, but she does like the titles and she does the sound effects and she and I work together pretty closely and she gets to like look and be like, Oh, that looks good. Or like, you okay. know, she looks at my lettering and stuff too and, and helps me, uh, you know, she judges you. She goes, Phil, what are you doing here? Wait a minute, Lydia, Phil. If Lydia has ideas, I listen to them. That's as we should. Way. We got to listen to the ladies in our lives, man, because again, this is what, you know, America afraid of women, but I've only been surrounded by strong and powerful women and I have strong and powerful exactly. women on my team. So, about for that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I also want to show this because I went to the show this before, but you, you know, just in case anybody wants to like check out all the dope videos, yo, check it out for, 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 for Professor, those commercials he did right there, yo. There's a YouTube, I'm gonna share this on the notes, but if you guys want to have a good time, hey, that's where you gotta go <laughs> for real. Yeah, there's a video of Lydia doing the gringo loco thing too. There, yeah. oh, really? You, yeah, in, she does in, the in that lettering. playlist. Yeah, it's at the bottom. Yeah. Hey, folks, there you go. Don't skip to the bottom. Watch every single one. <laughs> Don't you dare. N nothing against Lydia. I'm just saying, yo, let's go down and support everybody. <laughs> exactly. Is that is that like a, a steep learning process for like doing coloring and lettering? Like, I can't imagine where you'd even yeah, like right? begin to learn that. That well, skill. that's what I was saying before. Is like because I've done so much stuff. Like back when I was doing mostly photography, I had to do that stuff all the time. I worked in Photoshop all the time because my mm. photography, some of it was even comic book panels. I did multiple stories where I did comic book panels and I colored my photography and put it into backgrounds and stuff like that. And I did text layout. So I had a lot of experience um, previously. It's like, then I took time to start making a ton of music videos and then I came back to it, you know, like, okay. um, and even when you do music videos, you have to sell your idea. At, at least I had to sell my ideas for a couple of years. And then it was just like, people come to you and they say, here's the song. What do you want to do? That's <laughs> awesome. Then, so, so now you like, think, do you great. get like, a lot of creative control over you know what whatever your vision is for that particular song uh, or does some of them get kind of like specific and they want you know like this specific thing or story it it yeah. does it does vary there's there's some people who are more involved but generally not i mean uh david in on the disturbed video was he he checked me on some of the ideas i had in it originally he wanted it to be more broad he didn't want me to specify uh targeting um like i targeted like big wigs and you know limo driving guys and he's like no just keep it more general keep it more about the media atmosphere keep it more about um like what we all consume kind of thing um and then with somebody like matt pike on the high on fire video the song had a story and he definitely wanted elements of that story to make it into the video and then i expanded on that you know beyond you know what he what he had in mind but usually people are cool because they like the others if they like what you've already done you know and you're not in like it's not like it was when i started where you were you were one of 12 directors writing treatments on one song you know and the band would just pick whoever they thought sounded the best and or I'm, nine times out of 10, they picked their, their friend who wrote a treat. I want to teach. <laughs> I want to just tease people real quick. I mean, look at who he has worked with folks. I mean, from the music side, dope Metallica, hundred disturbed torch monster magnet, das muerte stone sour. I got to see that. Well, I saw 
Metallica and Stone Sour Live thus far. High on Fire right there. Opeth, Korn, uh, uh, Jackie Thon, My Heart, Your Hands. Uh, Hailstorm, like you mentioned earlier. You know, you, you, you got the uh, Louis the uh, 14th there, Paper Doll. I mean, yo, what up, bro? Jeez. <laughs> Look at this resume. And then now you're a comic geek. I love this, bro. This is this, this is the journey of geekiness. I mean, yeah, this is all the things totally. that we love. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, nerd. I'm, how proud of you of your nerddom, bro. Besides the freedom nipple hashtag that we have going, I mean, what else are we gonna have going here, bro? Dude, I'm really excited about the this book coming out because I love the gringo loco character too, because he's kind of so like do I. he kind of reminds he's like like the part of me that always identified with the monster. Like I think all of us kind of do like when you're the outcast, when you feel like you don't belong in a place or you feel like everyone's hostile to you. And then you feel like, what are the reasons they're hostile to me? Why, why do I, you know, like, and, and that, that kind of like existential angst is really like relatable to me. And he's also kind of, as we learn, like, you know, he's made of all these different pieces of other people. Like, what is he? Um, And that, well, you could see, like, oh, he's, there you go, stitched together. So, wait, you know. is he made of a lot of gringos then? No, he's, uh, I'll give you this is a scoop. <laughs> this is a scoop, okay? Scoop, scoop alert, folks. This isn't in the book so far, but it's in the next book. He's made of pieces of the men he killed. Oh, Ooh. oh, that is so sick. <laughs> you are sicko, my friend. Now, I have a follow up question to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a like a western like buffalo bill situation <laughs> <laughs> you know the buffalo zombie more like it holy smokes son yeah he's so, kind of like my robocop my tetsuo my uh does he retain friend, the memories someone. does he retain the memories of the dead that make him up no he just pays the price for killing all those men oh over it's a punishment over story and over and over oh. again and now he's no longer a white man. He's no longer a gringo. He's a black man here. He's a brown man here. He's, you know, he's the colors. He's the United all... Nations of zombie killers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And everybody's trying to figure out a way to kill him because everybody wants him dead. And yeah, he's... that first issue is so badass. Um, obviously, you have a heartbreaking moment there. Uh, as well, yeah. I was like, "Oh man!" I mean, I know I was talking mean before about kitties, but you know, there's, there's a heartbreaking moment. It's like, "Oh man, for real? That's foul, yeah. poor kiddo." <laughs> and uh, yeah. and just the story, it feels very much like a very '70s spaghetti western done in a horror style. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to do because I like those characters and I love those. Because those spaghetti westerns, the Italian westerns, were they weren't full of like heroes in white hats. Everybody was like a complicated character yeah. with a past. They're all fucked up people. <laughs> They're very, yeah, most of them are very bad. Even the heroes, you know. And yeah, I mean, have uh, you seen like Clint Eastwood movies, folks? I mean, the way he mistreats women and that—I mean, it's like horrible. It's like, damn, bro, you gangster son. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know the one you're talking about too. Um, but there's, you know, there's another one that I watched. After I wrote it, and after Vicente Alcazar, who I have to shout out, the guy is a legend, Vicente, a Spanish right? legend. Vicente Alcazar, a Spanish artist, worked in Erie and Vampirella. 
and creepy and Conan. He's like the 70s run of Jonah Hex was by Vicente Alcazar. Oh, word. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when we found out that he was still working, that we could get him, I was like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, because my, uh, my other business partner, Dan Simpson, he finds the artist. He's like the producer extraordinaire. He reaches out to people. He tracks them down. Yeah. And he was like, don't be shy. Folks. He's like, I, I, I want to, uh, you know, I want to tell you about this guy. And he said the name. And I'm like, holy shit, Vicente. I'm like, he's still alive. <laughs> he's like, he's <laughs> still working. He's still that working. Crazy? That's your first question. Oh, my God. He's still around? Holy <laughs> shit. Yes. Well, yes. you never know. You never know. You know? I know. Nowadays, yeah. I mean, Emmanuel Taglietti, too, who does the covers on Bava. Like, I was surprised that he was still working because a lot of his old work had got lost in a fire in Venice and like all this shit had happened to him. And I'm like, is he still painting? You can't get these guys to stop painting. You know, like I feel like I'm going to be the same way. I'm going to be this old nerdy guy, hopefully in Italy or Spain. Uh, still, oh, that's you know, the plan? Still Who's going to go back shit. home? <laughs> uh, but Vicente was amazing. He got the script and he was just he loved it and i didn't even get to send him thumbnails or reference he started immediately like get i started out. just getting shit from him sent to me he's like here's what i think he looks like here's this here's nightshade mary here's you know cyrus caldwell here's all these characters <coughs> excuse me and uh i i was just blown away i did i only had to thumbnail i think a page and a half i mean that's unheard of and wow. and and references i gave him some reference documents but it's like he's already been there like he knew what was around every corner in this story and he knew that character better than i did like the the only back and forth we really had was on the design like what does he look like you know because i had already done a bunch of photoshop sketches from from old artwork and tried to put together like here's kind of what he looks like so it was figuring that out and the proportions of the guy. But after that, it was just, we were just getting pages after pages after pages oh, after man. pages. Like the thumbnails were perfect. And I was like, I'm like, I, you know, I'm sorry, guys. I talked to my partners, you know, and Diabolic in there. And I'm like, I'm just going to say yes to everything. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, when you, when you work with the legend, yeah, don't say no. <laughs> we only have them from little bit time, folks. I mean, we exactly. just lost the legend on, uh, what was it, over That's the true. weekend. That's true. So it's like an incredible legend that had the opportunity. Of and, and Vicente and he said studied my, under him, yeah. He really? was like, yeah, he was a mentor to Vicente. Yeah. Yo, I mean, bro, Vicente's only a little bit younger than him. So My, my, my favorite story with Neil is that I did the Great Adventure Comic Con in New Jersey. It was the first time they ever did a Comic Con within Great Adventure, right? Yeah. And it was at the old uh, Top Gun ride. That's where they did it. So Neil's there. And I guess he decides to get up and just peruse what the vendors had. At that time, I, I, I had you know, boxes upon boxes of books that I was trying to get rid of. Comes up to my booth and I had a name tag. What's my name again? What do I call myself? Al. You guys? Mega. Al what? Mega. Mega. This mother effer come up to me, looks at me, says, hi, Almesia. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at him, sir. It's mega. And I just walked away because I got upset. I said, you mother, you doing this shit on purpose, son. <laughs> you know that shit says mega. Stop it, Misha. Where the fuck do I look like I come from? <laughs> I like it even better now. That's funny. Al Misha. <laughs> yeah. 
Now all of a sudden we're gonna have an Italian character called Almisia. <laughs> Dude, that's a good character. It's a character yeah. who can't remember anything. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Al Almisia. 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 He's very forgetful. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah, very forgetful until he kills your ass. <laughs> he remembers that. <laughs> I kill X with many people. Why? I don't know. I just did. Oh, there you go. Um, so what's up with Diabolic? I want to know about this press, bro. Because you got these books and all. When did you form this? How was it to form the team? And what does the future look like for Diabolic? Well, I hope it's bright. Uh, we, we formed it to make the music videos because in um, in the industry of like film production, like if you don't have your own production company, you basically have to give 15% of your money to another company who's the oh, production 15. company. You end up giving like 10 to 15 at least to Oof. a production company because they're going to mark up some other shit. But anyway, we were like, fuck that. The budgets are too low. Let's start our own production company. So we did that. And that gave us clout in the business world of the creative you know mechanisms of los angeles so we could you know hire people we could get insurance we could do all this this production stuff but then uh after kind of the metallica video um we were like let's focus on a specific project and we'd already thought like professor dario baba was a great character from doing the huntress video which is a hilarious italian horror movie homage <clears throat> excuse me um so we were like let's do something with him you know and we decided we would just start focusing on that and we did crowdfunding you know to raise money to do the first few was but that your first time doing crowdfunding the first time was on murder vibes from was the monster easy? dimension it was a lot of work it was a ton of work um and but we raised you know fourteen thousand dollars so that's Ooh, not bad was that the you goal know? Uh, that was a little more than the goal, but you always keep your goal low to make because it's algorithmic nonsense. Yeah. You know, it's all. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's science. <laughs> and math. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that that worked out well. So we want to, you know, w once we did the the first book came out, COVID hit. But when we sent it out, we loved getting the feedback from our the people who supported us. And we Beautiful. put it into shops. And then as soon as restrictions started, how did you get it into shops? Did you do OG footwork? Footwork, my friend. Oh my, yeah, the backpack. I got this guy. <laughs> this guy went to every comic shop in LA and gave I them copies it. of the book. I it was dig awesome. It. That's the way you should do it, bro. That's yeah. Ian, Ian went and and then we arranged signings. They they you know. At first, he just gave them books and just said, check it out. Let us know what you think. And then we, he would reach out to them and be like, we loved it. You know, you guys want to come in and do a signing? Uh, Comic Bug in L.A., like, they actually gave us a table at um, L.A. Comic-Con at the end of last year, um, you know, in Artist Alley, which is a lot of shops get, like, a certain number of Artist Alley uh, tables. So, and that was the first one. I was here helping out my mom. So I didn't get to go to that one, but Ian had a great time. Uh, yeah, you got to help we... mommy. Good boy. What a good son. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got to do a couple comic shop signings and um and then we, you know, we did a successful campaign for that book again. Hey, uh, <laughs> that baby right there. And uh and then we did another one for this, you know, that uh worked out the first one you do kind of really well I'll, I'll tell people about crowdfunding if you're worried about it or wondering about it 
like you should do as much work as you can and you should deliver to your backers like yes, you have to don't you do have a to rob life honest no and as a filmmaker i've seen so many filmmaker campaigns go south and like they piss off all their backers and it's like this comics world is like these are real diehard nerds and if they if you could get them on your side and and deliver like you got a loyal fan base it's like oh, yeah. the horror the horror community is like that too there is like the horror fans and the sci-fi fans the genre fans the metal fans i mean I, I I I was able to bring people in who like liked my metal videos. You know? I love like, that, bro. You know, I know so many people hate the movie The Terrifier. I love it, and I met them. I'm like, I dig it, but too many people say, "No, this is too much for me to handle." <laughs> Dude, you should see the. Did you see the Argentine uh, movie um, Aterrados? It's terrified. Aterrados. No, I gotta see. Terrified. Watch really? that. It's in Spanish. It's fucking perfect. awesome, dude. No it's subtitles awesome. for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it it's a crazy movie. It's it's like about this one like uh corner in this Argentine city. I think I, I forget which it is, but it's like this one intersection and all these different stories of these crazy supernatural events happening in each one. And then a paranormal team comes in <laughs> to investigate it. And it's horrifying. It's Only a lot of in like, a Latino country where you get that craziness. <laughs> there's a there's a crazy scene where a kid you see a kid get hit by a bus and it's horrifying. But then oh, that's why you think I'm gonna love it. Look at this. Guy. No, no, no. Instead of like Rambo getting you know. Well, check out check out the scene. He's they the next time we see him, there are muddy tracks leading to a table in a dining room, and he's sitting in his in his funeral clothes at the table, sitting at the table like he's alive. In front of a plate of cookies and a glass of milk. And he's just sitting there. And that's where they find him. And they're like, how the hell did he get here? The mom's freaking out. It's like this horrifying scene. And the two guys start talking about it. Like, what the hell happened? Do you think she dug him up himself? And then they look back. And the glass of milk is shaking. And half of it's gone. And the kids got milk coming. Oh! Oh, it's terrifying. So cool. It's terrifying. It's that terrifying. kid is dead that very instant. <laughs> I just let me go. I'm evil. You got to see that movie, Aterados. Phil, Ater I, I think you pronounce it Aterados. No, no, I like that because before I figured out the name Almega, I wanted to use Alterado because if you put those words together in Spanish, that means that you are loud. Alterado. Ah, Alterado. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So I said, nah, nah, it, it'll be lost in, in translation. So I just go with Mega, which one day in the, the origin of Mega was I was playing rock band because you're a rock guy. <laughs> and I was, you know, challenging people. And I was challenging somebody from Georgia. And they're like, what's your name? I didn't want to give them my real name. So I'm a big fan of Megatron. And I had a friend that always called me Al. I was like, all right, Al Mega. Al Mega. Oh, they fell in love with me on, on, on that rock. <laughs> but and I kicked their ass each and every single one. So you know, if anybody still got an old school Xbox, you want to play some rock band? I'll fuck you up. Just Sing remember, it. it's pronounced Almesia. <laughs> According to Mr. Adams, yeah. may he rest in peace. Salute my brother. Uh, may God have you in his reins right now, for real. But you know, I never forget that. That's one of my one of my biggest awesome memory of Mr. Adams. But, you know, right now, we're going to build new memories with Phil. You know, this That's whole right. world of Grindhouse, this whole world of music videos and possibly movies. I mean, I need to see a gringo loco. I want to see a gringo loco animated and I want to see Dario in, 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 in a film. 
Do you yeah. agree with that? I, I imagine the other way. I imagine really? Dario Baba animated and Gringo Loco as a live action movie. Oh, but that would I, be terrifying. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. It, would be, it would be terrifying. Because especially that damn opening scene. It's a motherfucker hanging there talking about, yo, can, you got a stoke? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that, that yeah, was, the, that was the thing that gave me the whole inspiration for that first yeah. book was like, I thought of like, Okay, if we put away the whole story of like how he got to be who he was, and we catch him later in his journey, it's what's what's happening to him? It's yeah. like I bet he got hung for you know messing up some guys. That's so someplace. freaky. Yeah, because they try to the kill him, knew. but they can't kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious the kid knew that he wouldn't be dead since he was just yeah. Again, folks, you got to read this book. I mean, I, that had me so entertained and, and such a throwback. And then when I went Dario too. I was like, yo, this is this is old school time horror fun. You have this whole universe there. And obviously he's a very much of a ladies' man playboy because yeah. when he gets to his headquarters, it's like, damn, brother, what's going on? <laughs> like Austin Powers, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. The Austin Powers of, of uh superstitious guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a paranormal playboy. He, you know. His life, his life is a fantasy. I mean, like he is he's like my, on them ladies, he's my teen. Yeah, he's the teen boy fantasy of of me, a kid born in you know 1969. <laughs> Never got to see any of that cool hippie shit, but I was you know always. You were born on the cusp of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it was all pretty much happened, but it was still like a thing that I always had like this affection for, and also those movies which I saw. You know, just in syndication on TV of all the old Hammer movies too. You remember Hammer, those? Wow, yeah, yeah. The Hammer horror. You know, I'm a big fan of those flicks too, because they're good. they're always ridiculous. You know, and they're always, always kind of fun. You know, they're not scary, but they're entertaining as hell. You know, it's more about fun. Yeah, Gringo Loco is more dark. You know, to me, it's right up my alley, bro. And I'm pretty sure up JJ's alley. I mean, yeah, what? I mean, both of them. Yeah, like I love horror, I like dark stuff, but I also like the zany, like fun side, you know, too. It's, it's yeah, Dario Bob is a lot of fun. And it was like over COVID, like working on that was like, oh. Yeah. It was like such a such a relief from everything, you know. It was like going into that world of Professor Dario Baba, where it's all monsters and fun, and we're gonna smoke weed and you know get it hey. on, get it on, you know. It's like <laughs> orgies, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just hey, like, bro. wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Please, let's not correlate orgies with weed. Yeah, let's not correlate orgies <laughs> with weed because I don't want the government trying to shut down, you know. Us getting that open and legal now. Let's correlate oranges with coke, like the, the, those crazy Republicans do. CBD, <laughs> CBD. <laughs> I don't know about CBD. I, I, I don't need something to make me just feel calm. I need something to get me bent, so that way I could pick up a, a grindhouse book and just be like, dive in. I'm here. I gotta, I smell, I gotta send I you murder vibes. <laughs> I gotta send you guys murder vibes. You gotta get that one too. Please, I do yes. like that. My that one's really tripping, boy. Please. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I don't want to take too much more of your time. What's up? What's the future of Diabolic Publishing? And are you going to do any conventions where we could, you know, meet yeah. you, give you a pound and get a, get a signed book? Yes. Um, we're going to go to um, Comic-Con Revolution in Ontario, Co uh, California, not Ontario, Canada. Oh, bro. Um, I got, yeah, that fucked me up because when I went to San Diego Comic-Con, I missed my flight. 
And then my boy was like, yo, the only one available is to Ontario. I said, I ain't going to Canada. He goes, bro, it's in fucking California. I'm like, oh, I never heard yeah. of that shit. Yo, and then we had to drive down an hour to the San Diego airport to get our luggage and drive another hour to get to our place and then wake up two hours later to get to San Diego Comic Con. Oh, it's a pain getting around. Uh, it is. No, we like, found the same air. parking three days in a row. <laughs> you have no idea. We were lucky. But then the whole time I'm looking for weed. And only the last day that I finally say was that on a rush, and I looked up, I was parking in front of a dispensary the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to miss in California. I don't know yeah, why you. Bro, I missed that shit because I was all about San Diego, and even though I went through the smoke, I was having so much fun with the atmosphere. But yeah. uh yeah, now I know. Next time, hopefully, I get the same parking. I'll go in there with I have found smoke up, and let's do Hall H. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we we haven't done San Diego Comic-Con yet, but we are doing the Ontario one in at the end of May, and then we're doing Monster Palooza in Pasadena cool. um, at the beginning of June. It's the first weekend in June. It's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nice. And Monster Palooza is pretty badass. I mean, I the last time I went to it was the last time they were kind of having it, and mm -hmm. I couldn't even get in because the line was so long. Like, it's like... The, the whole California horror scene is like converges on that place and it's like Jeez. a madhouse. So we're psyched to go there because we're like only one of like three or four books there, you know? What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because a lot, we got the idea actually to do a booth there from the comic bug guys because they're like, guys, this shit is so cool. It's so yeah. horror. It's horror, you should do Monster Palooza because they're like, the Comic Cons is, is very superhero. So like if you want to get really the the people that are gonna love this book, you should go to like a horror con. And Hell they're like, yeah. and, and Monster Palooza is a really good one. So we were like, shit, let's do it. You know, you better keep them as friends. <coughs> or the people giving you some real talk. <laughs> no, the, the comic book world. Once we got to go out to the shops, you know, once the restrictions started lifting, it was amazing. I mean, we had such a great time, and the guys are really nice and. Everybody we met who came in and the owner of Pulp Fiction too, Kristen, she's like really awesome as well and like love the book. And it's like so, great to get like like reactions from people live, you know. And we went from one shop to another shop the next week. And a guy who got the book from us the first week saw us the second week and was like, Oh my god, that book was awesome. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love that. one time I went to a convention. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I they, they were just, we were just chit-chatting, and I, and I recommended him a book. Bro, a year later, I had a different con. Dude's there. He runs to me. Runs. Tells me. I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm like, I know you. He goes, yo, no, you don't. I don't know if you remember me, but last year you recommended me a book. I just want to say thank you. I fucking love it. I bought that shit in every version possible. I said, oh, wow. All right, cool. So now I know what else to recommend to people here because I know I loved it. So hopefully people can remember you later. Like, oh, Al, you put me on some sick shit by Phil. That's the plan. That's what I want. So you got to make it happen. So I don't want to take too much more of your time and JJ's because I know Jay. Do you have any other questions to ask Phil before we go today? Um, no, I think yeah. I mean, right. I'm sure I will in like an hour. I'll think of things. <laughs> well, you give them to me because I want full back, bro. Because I love the energy. We'll do. But, we'll do it. We'll do another one. I'll send you guys murder vibes. You can get all up to date on the professor. Oh my god! You want to talk in murder vibes? It's gonna be sick. But folks, murder right vibes there. from the monster dimension, and it's a trick question. 
Which dimension are you in? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm in the megaverse. <laughs> so let's talk about it, folks. I want you to score some books at a specific website. Professor Dario, D-A-R-I-O, Bava, B-A-V-A dot com. You should know how to spell professor if you don't. That's a problem. Um, <laughs> Talk to your professor if you don't yeah, know how to spell professor. Exactly. Your English teacher <laughs> did you wrong. All right. So please follow Diabolic, D-I-A-B-O-L-I-K, right? Please visit them on Facebook at Diabolic Films, Instagram, and Twitter. All the same, one word, Diabolic Films, right? That's and right. And then you got to follow Big Phil right here on his socials. So if you go to Twitter, it's Phil underscore Mucci, M-U-C-C-I. And then all one word, no underscore on Instagram. And of course... Um, if we want to see that topless cover, please support Free the Nipple. <laughs> <laughs> we made a puzzle of that cover, by the way. Oh, we you made, made a puzzle. Hey, right. We made a 1,000 piece puzzle of that cover. Yo, I dig that. You were the first <laughs> comic person that ever told me you did a puzzle. We did so, a puzzle. What, can I get that at, at this website right there, the Bava website? Or no? It's what, too what? late. We only had so many to make. Oh. Oh, it was a it was a crowdfunding deal, and only uh, oh. you know a certain number of people. You know ordered, what? And the they were expensive piece, to make. The one piece with the nipple was probably the one missing on purpose <laughs> to get you all mad. Yo, that's five dollars extra if you want to complete it. <laughs> well, we would have had one extra, but Emmanuel Taglietti asked us nicely if we would send him a copy of the puzzle. So ah, hey, yeah, you you don't deny yeah. you don't deny your artist. No, you know his get, work. So. He gets that one. Yeah, he's a he's a super great guy. We're lucky. You should definitely do a second version on that because I think fans would eat it up to have a, uh, something like that and then put it in the frame and post up because it's beautiful artwork and to be able to do this the puzzle say yo I'll put this together you know? well I'll give you another little inside scoop if you get the double issue of the book you uh -oh. get the naked version of the cover inside <gasps> inside everybody you don't, you don't have to get the puzzle you there you go the people issue. there you go people you buy the book <laughs> you're gonna get a feed of nipple cover <laughs> inside <laughs> Inside, inside, inside. inside. yes, so that way the kitties don't don't be don't be like, oh mommy, look at that. Is she cold? Well, you know, <laughs> it's so tasteful, it's very tasteful. It's, it is it's, though, it's it's like art, it's like Renaissance art. It's yeah, listen, yeah. America need to get over that. Totally feel the titty, feel everything. Let's yeah, go and come on. To ladies, all right. So, but yeah. with that though, Phil, you've been nothing but an amazing guest, and, and, and my co-host over here, JJ. First, let me, let me shout out my, my big homie, JJ. Please follow JJ on Insta at that underscore freak underscore JJ. On Twitter, you can go JJ underscore Metalhead. She also has a dope YouTube, all right? So look look out, look out. It's going to be shared in the notes. Don't you worry. And of I'm course, writing it down. And of course, please follow <laughs> the family, Music Crusaders. Music Crusaders acts everywhere where her and Caleb, shout out to the big homie that couldn't make it today because he had to do overtime. We're in need. America's in need. We got to work hard, you know, for our money. But Caleb, next time, but follow the family right there, Music Crusaders. X, I, you know, and of course, you know, you can follow me on every single social, no matter what it is at the Real Almega. You know, please follow the extended podcast family, Undercover Caves, you know, No Prize Podcast, The Feeling of Crusades, uh, Sloppy Spoilers, Outside the Panels, you know, all these homies are killing it. Please, yo. But again, it's, it's about Phil today. Follow food everywhere. Follow Diabolic everywhere. And please visit this site and spend that money. Throw your wallet. 
at the screen and just spend, spend, spend. Because believe you me, this is a Crusaders approved book, Grindhouse, old school, I effing dig it, horror, fucking action, everything. And beautiful work by a very talented individual, Phil. So, you know. Thank you, brother. Bro. Thank you, brother. Flowers, brother. Thank yeah, you for thank being you, brother. brave. I take, take them all. Numbers, I take so. them all. You know, it, it, it takes quite a, you know, a very special type of person to want to put their work out there. So, you know, when you do that without fear, it's something that's very motivational and inspirational. So just thank you because, you know, if anyone had a doubt about their story, check out full stuff. I mean, that shit is fire. Don't doubt yourself. Just put it out there. Do what Phil did. I agree. Form I that agree. studio and get her done. And lastly, yeah. lastly, this is the last words, but I want them from you. If we were to give an advice to anyone trying to step up into the game right now, what you got for them? Try the first thing you do is something that you can finish. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Write a good, simple, tight story. As few pages as you could possibly manage and produce it, finish it all the way to the end. That's the best way to like build your motivation and your drive. The more you see of your own stuff actually coming into existence, the more motivated you will be to, and the more courage you'll have to, to do more. So don't make the mistake I did and bite off more than you can chew the first time. <laughs> see, real talk right there. I love it. Thank you, but much love to you. Thank much you, JJ, for hanging out. Thanks. And everybody, Great again, I'm going to tell you what to do. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 